0: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. Well, that's going to be him reading you the countdown off today. He's going to finish the countdown today. Woohoo! So that's going to do it for the countdown. And after this, it's nothing but straight practice and tomfoolery from yours truly and Jimmy Stein. Do want to talk about Jake Pope committing to Alabama uh, last night. Huge news. I think he's a little underrated. Um, I know there's going to be a stereotype uh, white slot receiver slash safety, people are going to draw their conclusions. I get it. Man, that's fine. But all you got to do is watch his tape. This dude can can play. I'm telling you, he can play. And um, I think Alabama got a really good one here. I think he's uh, Vinny Sinceri Plus. And, um, I mean, I know the comparisons are going to be obvious. But I'm telling you, I like this kid a lot. I'm glad he committed to Alabama. And, um, yeah, pretty cool. So, Jimmy and I will talk about him more later. But for now, on with the countdown. All right, let me tell everybody about Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising to you? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention the experts who have more tools and time than you. You don't stand a chance. That's why you need to go to Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sport book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name mistakes, winner take all, whatever. You have the advantage. Stat Hero showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. So I'm just telling you, it's the best. It's awesome. Go to StatHero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of, people. StatHero.com slash LockedOn. StatHero.com slash LockedOn.
1: This is Jimmy Stein on the Locked On Bama podcast. We are continuing with our player roster countdown. We went into fall camp with this thing. There's so many players to talk about. It's not like the basketball team. We got like 87 football dudes. But we are all the way down to number three in Daniel Wright, who's interesting because... Redshirt Jr., I mean, he's a senior on the team in, in eligibility-wise. He's like a redshirt junior. He could come back next year, and he may, because he's in a weird spot. He was a starter for probably, what, seven or eight games last year, the first 10, and then was eventually supplanted in the lineup by DeMarco Hellams. Hellams has held on to that job throughout the spring and, and fall camp, so that puts Daniel on the bench after after starting for most of his junior year. And he had some ups and downs. The downs are why he was replaced. He he gave up or was a big part in giving up several of uh, of our big chunk plays that we gave up last year, big plays down the middle of the field or up the sidelines, where it was his responsibility and And it didn't come through. On the other hand, uh, he made some plays. I mean, I know he housed a pick, I think, against Texas A&M. You know, he's a good athlete. I I thought Daniel would have a good season last year because I'm a measurables guy. Daniel's measurables are outstanding. He is going to test really well. He he runs great for a safety. He's definitely in the four fives, which is really good for a safety, particularly one that has – prototypical safety size. And Daniel does. He's, he's well over 200 pounds. Probably will play this year around 210 and running a four five. I'm telling you, that's just NFL stuff, particularly with his length and long arms. And he just looks the part and he's a pretty smart guy. I believe he's graduated um, or he's either graduated or is about to. So smart NFL size and everything's in place, but man, in the games, he, you know, he's, not always assignment sound, doesn't always get his guy to the ground, got to work on the physical part, the tackling, you know, not, not really a, a big hitter. He's just more of a center fielder, cover safety. Um, and, but anyway, he's not starting. And, and I really thought after being replaced, I think most kids like him would have left and gone someplace where they would start and frankly, with those measurables and with his experience at Alabama, Daniel would start almost any place, and I mean almost any place in the SEC, to say nothing of other leagues. Uh, but, but Daniel would start most places. I, I expected him to leave all summer, not, not knowing anything. I'm not talking about hearing whispers from inside the mouth more. I'm talking about, hey, he was a starter, now he's not. He's a senior auditioning for the NFL. He's going to leave, and he didn't. So to his credit, he's, he's probably a gump. Uh, he loves it there and didn't want to leave. And, hey, you, you know, he's one turned ankle away from playing. I would say if anyone other than a true corner like Job or whoever's starting on the other corner, if any one of the other four starters, Battle, Helms, Malachi, or Bryant Branch, if any of those four get hurt and have to miss a game, Daniel's going to be playing. So maybe it was smart to stick around to say nothing of He can come back and play next year. Battle could go pro early. Helms is draft eligible. Uh, You know, Job is going to leave opening up a spot in the defensive backfield. Guys could be moved around. So who knows? Maybe he plans on being back in 2022 when he'd be a sixth-year player, and his experience alone would make him a a heck of a threat to be a starter and a good player. So he stuck around, and uh, we're glad he did. And uh, hopefully he'll – if he hasn't already, he'll graduate and, uh, and be a part of things. Uh, we'll certainly see him on special teams.
0: Okay, it's time to talk about Built Bar. Look, you've heard about Built Bar and what they're doing for all the walk ons at BYU. That's pretty damn awesome. It's just a great company. But even better than that, they've got fantastic Built Bars. Go check them out, Built.com. You will absolutely love their Built Bars. They are delicious, they're nutritious, they're good for a keto diet, Um, they've only got like a few carbs in them, very little sugar, Uh, they're covered in chocolate, they got a multitude of flavors. You're going to love one of them and probably love all of them. So go check them out right now, built.com, or just Google Built Bar, that's what I do. And you can go there and get them ordered, you need to, you're going to love them, you're going to just eat them up, gobble them up, you're going to wonder where they've been all your life. Go to built.com, check them out. You're going to love these
1: things. This is Jimmy Stein on the locked on Bama podcast player roster cap down, down to number two, boy, you would guess we would have a couple of number twos, wouldn't we? Who would guess that three and two wouldn't be double numbers. Now some of that's because players left. I think Keelan Robinson was going to be number two. He's off to Texas and, and, uh, You know, uh, Xavier Williams was going to be a three, and he's medically not able to play football this year. Uh, So we only have one number three, and we only have one number two, though he's a good one, DeMarco Helms. We uh, just uh, recorded our Daniel Wright countdown. Now we'll talk about the starter at that spot, DeMarco Helms, who sort of overlooked. You know, my buddy Aaron Suttles, who's one of the smartest Alabama football guys out there. Suttles is, is really bright. He's a real good football guy. He's rarely wrong, even when he predicts and guesses. And he thinks Helms will be Alabama's real breakout player this fall. And that in and of alone should give us some confidence in it, that it will happen. Helms became the starter roughly game eight last season and did a good job. I think he improved, improved us. His presence improved us. It made us better tacklers. That's what Helms brings to the table. He is very physical. He replaced Daniel Wright, who was kind of more of a cover safety, and Helms is, is the more physical guy. I think in the old days, we'd have called DeMarco Helms a strong safety, you know, who's a, a guy that lines up on the strong side and, you know, kind of lines up closer to the box and takes on the running backs, you know, that, 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 that try to run in the middle of the field and... You know, traditionally that strong safety's been someone that gets tight ends to the ground and running backs to the ground and maybe covering players is the weakness. Well, football's not really played like that anymore, and, and there's no headhunters in the middle that just take guys out because that's a penalty now. <laughs> so, so really they're all cover safeties. So, but, but you still have to be a good tackler. I mean, in terms of what separates safeties from corners these days, I, I'm going to start with tackling. And, and Helms is a very good tackler, probably the best one we have in the secondary, although I think Malachi Moore is a really good tackler uh, for his size. But Helms, uh, he'll hit you. He's got pretty good instincts. To me, Helms is pretty good at he, – he was sort of better than Daniel Wright at, at being in the right place at the right time. I, I think he's just more of an instinctive guy. Now, where, where I thought he lacked – some is just that coverage ability. Um, I think he does okay with the backs and the tight ends, but you know, I think you worry a little bit when the other team schemes it up and now he's covering a slot receiver one-on-one uh, down the field. Um, you know That's something to watch for in terms of, but, but hey, they're, they're not all perfect. If you think you expect Alabama players to be really good at every single thing, Uh, You're going to be disappointed a lot. And we're one one of the best teams in the history of the sport. But they ain't all perfect. They're not even all perfect on Sundays. Uh, And and, and that's just what Helms has to always be working on. And, uh, And we know that he is. And he obviously made enough strides last year to become a starter and get on the field as a sophomore, which is really impressive at Alabama. He's a true junior, makes him draft eligible after this year, but still a young player, I mean, just in year three, and really entering his first year as a full-time starter, uh, I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get. The more you see things, the more you anticipate. The guys that aren't 4'4 guys speed-wise, they have to be good anticipating. And the more you play, the better you'll be at that. that that's an experience thing, really. So uh, I suspect that Helms will start out pretty good. We already know he's pretty good from what we saw last year, but maybe by the end of the year he could be one of our more valuable kids. Uh, But true junior DeMarco Helms, he starts at safety, which means he's out there in regular nickel and dime. Uh, Probably will be the money and dime. I'm guessing that. I don't know that. It's kind of funny. You you think, you know, I think a lot of fans say the sixth defensive back, he's the money. He plays the money because he's the sixth guy. Actually, we probably move kids around a little bit because Brian Branch is the sixth defensive back right now. And Brian's a cover guy. And Helms is more of a box guy. So really, when Branch comes in as a sixth defensive back, to me it makes more sense to play Helms down in that money backer position and play Branch back uh, in center field where 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 that's where he's at his best, uh, in my opinion. So that'll be interesting to watch. To say nothing if Brian Branch is so gifted, uh, he may make a run at Helms and and, and and be the safety that plays in all the packages and not just dime Branch may be considered too valuable to only play in dime. So so we'll see. But uh, but Helms is a good player. Won a starting spot last year. Maintained a starting position all through spring and fall camp so far. So I suspect we'll see quite a bit of number two.
0: Betonline.ag. How many times have I had to tell you? Go to betonline.ag. This is the website for you if you're into online gambling, and I know you are. That's just what everybody does now. Is online gamble. So go to betonline.ag, use promo code LOCKED ON, get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money from Jimmy and me to you. That's how we feel about you. Go check them out. Betonline.ag, promo code LOCKED ON. You can bet on whatever. You can bet on Major League Baseball right now. You can bet on um, college football futures. They've got all that going on. You're going to be able to bet on college football here pretty dead come soon. You're going to be able to do teasers and parlays and all that stuff that you want to do. You can bet on reality TV. I don't know if you can tease uh, the Beverly Hills housewives and the Atlanta housewives, but you can try it in a some kind of turn or a combo or parlay or whatever you want to do. You can also bet on poker. You can play blackjack. You can do whatever you want to at betonline.ag. Give them a whirl. Use promo code LOCKEDON. This is a fantastic site. It's the best one on Al Gore's interwebs.
1: Jimmy Stein on the Locked on Bama player podcast, player countdown pod. What what are we doing here? Locked on Bama podcast. We're doing that and we're doing the player roster countdown. And uh, of course, I bungle the words when we get all the way to number one. I would say it's the last one. Actually, I got one after this because we have two number ones. Um, is this a good time for me to rant against the double numbers? Why do these kids want double numbers? I, I would think, I know that it's cool. The single numbers are cool. And if I was playing, I think I'd want a single digit number. So I get that. But I think if someone said, Hey, would you rather be one of two number ones on the team? Or would you rather have your own number? I think I'd take my own number. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? But whatever. Uh, I'm glad we have both of these number ones on the team because they're both going to be critical to our success. We'll talk about Jamo Williams right now. Jamo, short for Jameson. And he is from Missouri and spent a couple seasons at Ohio State. And we'll just forgive him that because he's all crimson now. We recruited Jamison really hard. He almost chose Alabama, chose Ohio State instead. Uh, changed his mind after a couple years up there, so... <laughs> Like a lot of kids these days, he can live out his dream uh, playing for both of his top schools. So uh, it'll be interesting after his career to hear him talk about the differences between playing at Alabama and Ohio State, who have somewhat similar uh, successes on the field. Jameson, you know, a couple different ways to look at this. I'm sure he left because he was a little unhappy with the spot and the rotation up there. And I read a lot of people say, why would anyone think they could leave Ohio State, be upset because of playing time, then go to Alabama? That's dumb. Well, Ohio State is in the same position this year that Alabama was a year ago, where they have their, their two best wide receivers are top 10 picks. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Ohio State has what Alabama had a year ago with Smitty and Waddle. They've got that at Ohio State with uh, Chris Olavi and Garrett Wilson, I mean, who, who both could easily go in the top 10. That's how good they are. So he not only was a number three receiver up there, he was a distant three. And for all I know, they got other dudes because it's Ohio State. At Alabama, and I'm sure as people studied the situation well, Jamison has a really good chance to be the number two guy and not just the number two guy. Mechie, for as good as he is, I mean, Mechie's not going in the top ten. He's not Olave or Garrett Wilson in terms of the NFL measurables that those guys have who are going to blister the 40-time in Indy. Uh, Mechie's more of a really good college-wide receiver, not a freak. Um, but anyway, I, I think Jameson just sort of saw Alabama as, yeah, well, Alabama's going to have good receivers, It's Alabama, but at the very top – you know, they don't really have someone like me. And that's true. J Mo, he can run. I mean, this dude is a true four-four guy. He can fly. He has rugs, Judy, Waddle, Devontae type speed. That's who he is. And what makes him so intriguing beyond just that, because that's enough. I mean, Alabama just took a five ten prospect at wide receiver, ran a four three eight, and he's only five ten. J Mo is more like over six one. I think they list him at 6'2", but but I think the important thing is, I mean, we're talking about a 6'1-plus receiver who runs that well. So that makes him a fantastic prospect. I think the things he needs to work on from the little he's played, and, and I've watched the tape. I watched the tape of all of his 15 or 16 catches he made in his career at Ohio State. I think, you know, catching the ball in traffic, you know, making the tough catch I think is a thing for him of being physical, you know, sometimes you you think of wide receivers just like a a, a guard in basketball. Really being a wide receiver is more like a small forward in basketball. Yeah, sometimes you're all by yourself out on the perimeter and you're guarding guards, but sometimes you're going to have to bang with the big boys, and and, and that's what wide receiver is like. I mean, he's just got to work on the physical part of it, catching the ball in traffic, route running, you know, when you're playing against the best defensive backs in the, in, in the college sport, and that and you find them in the SEC, they run 4-4s four also, and they're quick, and they have great technique. You, you're going to have to run polished routes to get open. And uh, so those are the things that he'll work on. But he comes to Alabama with incredible natural tools uh, and with some maturity and playing experience as a third-year player who's played in games he played in the national championship game for those – that don't remember this or haven't heard, I think it was the very first punt of the game. Ohio State punts it to Devontae Smith, who is tackled in his tracks in an impressive coverage play by Ohio State. That player was Jamison Williams. I mean, so he, he's played – he's made plays on the biggest stage possible, which means he has a lot more maturity and experience than, than, than Alabama, who has so many freshman wide receivers. So I think Jamo will be on the field a lot. And uh, I think he's a maybe our best vertical threat. Uh, Even game one, I wouldn't wouldn't shock me to see him dial up a long distance touchdown. Even in game one, I mean that's that's how big a deal it was for Alabama to, to to snatch Jamo Williams out of the transfer portal. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back with the final player on the countdown. This is Jimmy Stein on the Locked on Bama podcast Player Roster Countdown. We started way back at 99 with Tim Keenan, who ended up being 96. How how typical of me and Luke to start out with a giant mistake. As as we guessed, Keenan would be 99. We were off, but just a little. But now we will end it with Kool-Aid, and that is so fun because there's almost no more fun player to discuss. It's always the true freshman stars. That make it fun—the new shiny toy. You know, you always have your standby toys, the ones you play with every day. But then here comes Christmas, and there's packages under the tree, and and it's so exciting. And that's what uh that's what the true freshmen are, right? Uh, it's it's the Christmas gifts, it's the brand new toy, and uh and you're so excited, and and you know a lot of freshmen come in with hype and 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 don't live up to it, or it takes a while for them to develop. Other guys are really good right away, and some the most unique freshmen are not only good right away. You see it coming. Uh, We didn't have liked on Bama back in the Julio Jones days, but because Julio was local to me and I saw him play in high school several times in the tenth grade, I would tell people even back then. I would say the drama is over. Julio is going to be really good, and then I said things like, "When Julio gets to Alabama, he'll be the best receiver on the team on the first day." And, you know, some people have believed me because they knew that I'm the recruiting guy that doesn't say things like that. It's it's not my normal M.O. It's not my, my style to overhype kids Or I try not to. I try to be objective. Obviously, I have my favorites and obviously I've been wrong. Anybody that does this kind of work is going to be wrong half the time. That's just part of the part of the deal when you evaluate players. But but no, Julio wasn't wasn't an evaluation. It was a. It was a, just a slam dunk. And Kool-Aid, and I'm not saying Kool-Aid's Julio, by the way, <laughs> but what I'm saying is I watched Kool-Aid's highlights, and I watched him play a couple of high school games on TV, and I saw the state championship game against Spanish Fort, and I saw a kid that was just going to be able to step seamlessly into the SEC and be a dude day one. I mean, he's just... He isn't an SEC prospect so much as he was an SEC athlete uh, for a corner. He's also uh, good-sized. He's not huge. He's not Drake Kirkpatrick, Long. I mean, he's not like that, but he does have what I would call prototypical size for a corner. He's not a small corner. Long arms, great speed, great short area quickness, great ball skills, probably his best trait. His best trade is the ball skills. I mean, this is a baller. This is a kid that would be good at receiver. He will be a good punt returner. It will be interesting to see if he wins a punt return job or kick return job because he's highly capable there. He will house interceptions. You can write that down right now. I don't know how many interceptions here. He will intercept a lot of passes when he's at Alabama, and he will, he will put some in the end zone. He will be a pick six and dude (laughs) in college because he automatically turns into an offensive player with the ball in his hands. Remember Eddie Jackson was that way a lot, you know, and you wonder like, wow, are we playing Eddie on the wrong side of the ball? Is he really a wide receiver? Uh, We'll be saying that about Kool-Aid quite a bit because of the ball skills, but you know, he's got another trait that makes him special. The ball skills alone make him a next level corner, but the physicality, I mean, this is a position where some of the best playmakers aren't big hitters. I always use Dion as an example because I'll tell anybody, Deion Sanders is the best cornerback I've ever seen alive. He was the best in the NFL I've ever seen, and he was also really special in college. Dion's the best corner ever, and he was not physical. He didn't he was not a big hitter. Now he gets upset when you say that about him now, but I'm just being honest. He, Maybe it's because Dion was so good at everything else, he didn't notice when he was physical. But Dion just never had a reputation for being a superb tackler. Probably because this guy didn't catch many balls because he had them covered so well. But Kool Aid, he will hit you. This is here's another thing. You can just write this down. I'm not. It's not so much a prediction as like I'm just telling you guys. At some point in his career, we're going to see this play. Kool Aid is on the outside receiver corner. He's got his guy completely covered. He hears ball, or out of the corner of his eye, uh, out of peripheral vision, he sees the quarterback has thrown the ball to another person. He will come off his guy and hit the pass receiver that someone else was covering, or someone else's responsibility, and knock balls loose. He'll create turnovers even when the ball didn't go to his dude. I mean that's coming yeah that's not a prediction it's a fact that's that's how physical he is he'll separate um receivers from the ball even when it's not his receiver so he's a physical guy with superb ball skills uh i don't know about his long speed i'm not saying it's a flaw or a problem maybe it's because so few times i've been treated to watching kool-aid run wide open i don't know that i've seen it a lot uh, I know he has great short area quickness in the hips and the ankles that corners have, but I've never seen him just, you know, wide open scoot. So I call it more of a question than, than a flaw, but you know, maybe he's more of a four five guy, four, six guy than a four, four guy, but that's okay. The best cornerback I have ever seen in my life at Alabama actually wasn't during the saving era. It was Antonio Langham. He's the best cornerback I've ever seen in Alabama. And, uh, for as many good corners as we had under Nick, that's incredible. But uh, as proof of that, you know who drafted Antonio Langham in the NFL? Nick Saban. Yeah, Nick was a defensive coordinator when the Browns drafted Antonio Langham sixth in the draft. Uh, so I'm not crazy to say that Antonio Langham's the best corner I've ever seen at Alabama. And you know what he ran? Probably in the four sixes. He, 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 he didn't have superb 100-meter uh, type speed or 40-yard Dash not superb. It was it was good, it was sufficient. That's all you have to be when you have ball skills like Kool-Aid and, and Tony Langham had, and then you're physical like those two. Tony Langham made plays using his physicality. You know, and that's really who I compare Kool-Aid to. I think he can be an Antonio Langham type player. And Antonio played four years at Alabama. I think he intercepted about nineteen balls. I think he tied or He's up there close to the school record. As a matter of fact, I think he's got the school record for, for total interceptions in his career. Uh, I think Kool-Aid's going to make a run at Tony Langham unless he just goes pro after his third season. <laughs> and, he, and he might. He's that good. So, hey, I really appreciate all the comments uh, from from all you guys and girls that, that enjoyed the countdown. I really enjoyed doing it. Uh, I'm going to do it next year again. Um, and, uh, and, and and I'm also going to do a daily player countdown next summer on, on the on three board um, that you guys can check out. Thanks so much for supporting mine and Luke's podcast. If y'all didn't know, I think we're the fifth or sixth highest rated of all the college podcasts on Locked on Bam. That's thanks to you guys. And uh, hopefully uh, you can get even more people to listen and, and we can be your uh, listening pleasure on the way to Tuscaloosa for games. Wouldn't that be cool on the way to Tuscaloosa from Birmingham or Huntsville or Atlanta, wherever you're coming from, that you listen to me and Luke preview the game all week and hear our silly little stories about our pathetic lives that we love to tell. So uh, thanks for listening to the podcast and to the Player Roster Countdown.